0: What's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan. My name is Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish conversation with the pastors who have not figured it out.
1: One thing I have figured out is to not laugh at my students' jokes during small groups. <laughs> I think, like when when I go to seminary and I'm sitting in my classes and That's so we're real. talking about, like, you even have classes on youth ministry, and you yeah. sit there and and they're talking and they're teaching you. I was never taught in in my I've had to pay for seminary education that I should not laugh at my students jokes when you laugh at your students jokes you give them power and once they have the power it's over I remember I was we were talking about like Jesus walking on water or something and you know it's a cool story and my leader I mean he's doing such a good job at facilitating conversation students are talking engaging and he gets to a point he's like why can Jesus walk on the water and and the big crescendo for my small group leader was to to point that Jesus is God that's like the big point he was trying to make yeah so he asks like you know how does God, how does Jesus do it? How does he walk on water? And I just have a student. He raises his hand very nicely, follows the rules. Yeah. And he says, oh, Jesus can walk on water because he's buoyant. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, I've never used that word ever. I mean, <laughs> I mean a bigger he, vocabulary than me.
0: <laughs> is, is he wrong, though? I, mean, Bro, <laughs> I is, lost it. If he created buoyancy, what's to say? He didn't just be like, watch this. Turn the buoyancy up. Let me me show y'all what real buoyancy looks like real quick.
1: Buoyancy 100%. (laughs) He's infinitely buoyant. Call back to our last
0: episode. (laughs) He's infinitely good. And my God is infinitely buoyant. (laughs) Buoyant,
1: bro. I started crying, laughing. And that's it. It was over. I felt so bad for my small group leader because I had totally derailed the conversation. Not the joke. The joke, yeah. like, we could have recovered from. It was me laughing that ruined the whole thing. Um, but, because well, I think you're about the, that.
0: You're the symbol of authority. So when you laugh, it's like nobody else. It's over. Yes. It's over for everybody. Um, I think about been that
1: story <laughs> daily. Daily.
0: There are, one, there are a lot of stories that I'm thinking of right now that I can't share. <laughs> but there's, like, I... We have this rule in our small group where we tell our small our, our middle schoolers: it's like you are not as funny as you think you are. That is one that's of our rules rule. in small group. But here's the thing: they are, and <laughs> they're maybe it's just because I'm a child. But the things that they say, I'm just like, that's freaking funny, dude. Um, uh, it's bad. And so I, I made a, I made a rule with them. So I changed that rule. That rule's been there for like five years. Like it predates me, um, and I was just like, hey. Y'all are funny, but here's my rule with you. I was like, I'm going to stand at the front of the room and after small groups, we're going to create a single file line and one by one, you can just tell me all the weird intrusive thoughts that came into your head, all the jokes over the last 20 minutes and I will laugh so freaking hard. (laughs) It will be the best like 10 minutes of my day. Um, Because bro, there have have been so, so many things that have happened that I'm just like, I can't pass through this. I can't, (laughs) (laughs) I, I need to step away. I need I don't to step know, away from this.
1: I don't know what worship song it is. But there's a worship song that we sing and it has the phrase among us in it. Like, you know, <laughs> like Christ dwells among us or something. I have students like sitting rows in front of me. <laughs> And that comes on. And I just hear like in the back, like in the back corner, among us. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like trying. I'm trying to worship, trying to like be like communal with my people. And I just hear among us. And bro, I lose it. I start crying. I'm done. I'm,
0: done. I'm <laughs> like absolutely among us, done. Bro. <laughs> I love
1: student ministry. This is like, these are the things that. When I think of like really tired seasons and I'm like really exhausted, <laughs> obviously yes. Like God's goodness and his grace, he produces the fruit. It's cool to see that, but man, it, these little moments are so good.
0: Bro, There was, there was one time I was preaching to middle schoolers and this is the only time I've ever lost it on stage. Um, I forget what I said, but I was just like, I think I was talking about, I was preaching on the prodigal son or something like that. And, and it was just like, uh, it's like, yeah, if, if you come home and I'm like, you, you, you send and your parents welcome you home. What do you think your parents going to do? And it's dead silent. And all I hear is this kid just screaming in the back. It's just like, take away Fortnite, And I, I was Not like
1: Fortnite.
0: Yeah, but it was, it was so quiet. It was just like this faint little voice. In the, in the back and I was like that came from a real deep place like that was like his his confession I was like yeah he man probably, probably it probably <laughs> happened to him <laughs> yeah I was like Pro- probably he was dude he yeah was grounded, I, was like, I, f- I feel that not not Fortnite. here's here's a smooth here's a smooth transition to that um that intro did not go according to plan it really didn't and so much so is life um Yeah. Every once in a while, you're going to have a plan for things. You're going to set out to talk about things and it's not going to go the way that you think. And today we're talking about what happens when life doesn't go according to plan. Um, the reality is even if you're not a planner, if you're not a dreamer, every single one of us has plans for our life or ways that we think our life is going to turn out. Um, even if you're a middle schooler and you're just hoping your parents don't take away Fortnite, you have a plan for your life and the way you think it's going to turn out. Um, but the cruel and beautiful part of life is that 100% of the time life does not turn out the way you think it does. And there's a lot of real heartbreak in the moment of unrealized dreams and unrealized things that we have in our lives. But I think I can confidently say, and I think you can say and a lot of y'all listening today, that some of the things and plans that you had for your life that didn't turn out are actually the best things that ever happened to you. Um And so there's a holistic experience. And I think there are things that Vic and I can, can talk about that like, Hey, we feel like we're in the middle of that. We haven't seen the other side of, there are also things in our lives that we've already come through the other side and we can look back on and say like, man, the Lord was really faithful when I wasn't. And he was really good when I wasn't. And him saying no was actually the best thing for our life. Um, yeah. And so that's what we get to talk about today. And if I had to tag a verse, to everything that we're talking about today. Um, this was big for me in high school when I thought I was gonna be in the NBA and be this big division one college basketball player. Um, and then the Lord reminded me that that was not going to happen in Jesus' name. <laughs> and like, Yeah, he had to humble me real quick, but Proverbs 19, 21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails, that you have plans and he has purpose. And even if your plans fail, his purpose will not. And so that's what yeah. we get to talk about today.
1: And hey, you still have a D3 ring.
0: So, or D4. Dude, okay, weird weird side thing. I really thought <laughs> being a Division three basketball player, like, I would come into student ministry and they'd just be like, man, look Whoa, at this guy. Oh, you're so cool. Wow. Wow, bro. It has been the biggest joke. (laughs) It
1: was Uh so, Uh so
0: much so, so much so we were at our (laughs) high school retreat a couple weeks ago and they were like announcing activities. It was like, yeah, Reagan's going to be running the three on three tournament basketball legend and the students start chanting D3, D3, D3. And I'm just like, man, I'm done with y'all. I'm done with y'all. And And then these high schoolers, and then these high schoolers proceed to beat me. And I'm yeah. just like I can't I can't even say anything at this point. I'm
1: yeah. You have to 26 give them years your, old and washed your ring. Now you have to give them <laughs> your your D three ring. Well,
0: no. I we have a friend named Scrap. I blame it on him. He can't make a jump shot. Um So, I need to, I need to like LeBron. I feel like LeBron in Cleveland in 2007. I need to go to Miami. I need to start recruiting some different student directors, recruiting some people come in, and then I'll start getting chips. Then I'll start getting rings. I'll
1: play on your team. Um, I'll play on your team.
0: No, for those of you listening, Victor's only allowed to coach.
1: (laughs) I'm a great coach. I'm like, hey, D3, take that shot.
0: You 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 did get in this year. You you played. Someone, I, got, hurt. someone got hurt. I took a layup. Someone got hurt. A up. and he he, he played I for a, a minute. And I immediately, I was refing, and I got on my phone, and I was like, "Go, Victor!" <laughs> I hit
1: the Do side of thing. the. I hit the side of the backboard. It wasn't even the front of the backboard. It was the side.
0: But um, you you had so much <laughs> zeal and gumption. You you played with so I much did. passion. I did, um, and I'm very very proud of you. I give a hundred percent.
1: I wasn't planning on playing (laughs) basketball at high school spring retreat. No, but look at
0: look at that. It didn't go according to plan. It didn't.
1: Um, This is a this is an interesting topic for discussion because I think like we can attest to our lives not going according to the plan that we had maybe had for them. Yeah. But I think we can read scripture, and that is probably true for every major bible character that we see in the oh yeah like i I even think of the disciples we don't have a ton of backstory on all the disciples but it's like scripture talks about how they just dropped everything
0: and left like you think you haven't haven't watched the chosen
1: um bro i'm too emotional to watch the chosen i'd cry that's true
0: every 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 time i watch i cry an episode it's Um, true but it's like
1: were the disciples anticipating dropping everything that day and following jesus probably not and like and so it's just a, a common theme that we see throughout the Bible. And the cool thing, and I think this episode would probably best be spent just talking about our personal stories. Um yeah. I look back across the story of my life. Right now, like I'm from Tampa, Florida. I went to school in Florida and and I went to college in Florida. And if I had to tell you like, what Victor's plan was, it was to go to school, graduate with a bachelor's in pastoral ministry and theology, and then to go be a pastor somewhere. Mm-hmm. A church in Florida, preferably Tampa, go lightning. And I would preach every single week. And I would write a sermon every single week. And I would do that until the day I died. And honestly truthfully, like it sounds super simple, but that is what I was convinced that I was not only called to, but going to do like, that's what I was convinced. I knew I was like, okay, well I I love public speaking. I love rhetoric. I love talking. I love putting together sermons. It's just, this is the natural fit for me. And so I went to seminary assuming that since I was a guy in seminary pursuing pastoral ministry, the thing that I was going to do was preach every week. And I was so wrong. Um, And thank goodness I was wrong and I'll put that caveat yeah. in there because where the Lord has me now and the trajectory that it seems like I'm headed although it's yeah. different from that man I am so much more passionate and thankful that the Lord in his sovereign hand has guided me to where I'm at now because truthfully I couldn't have done it on my own um, Yeah, even moving from Florida to North Carolina was like that was never a part of the plan never never But it was through God's sovereign hand kind of like guiding me that way that like I've experienced his grace time and time again. And I think seeing God shifting the direction of my life has caused me to be more dependent on him because Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's caused me to have to deconstruct everything that I once assumed and now approach life with a with a looser grip because I don't know where God's going to take me. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of like the journey that I've experienced over the past couple of years. There's a lot of nuances to it, but that's like, I've experienced that.
0: So this this is my favorite thing about testimonies is that everybody has their own story, but it all reflects the story of God. And so testimonies are simply God's story through you. So like- if you like take the the analogy of a prism, a prism apart from light doesn't produce light on itself, but when the light is shined through the prism, it makes this very beautiful rainbow. And like, God is the light. We are the prism. We are the vehicle in which his story is told. Um, And like, every time you tell stories like that, like it reflects stories that I've experienced. It also reflects stories in scripture. So like you touched on this, but I want to dig even deeper in it. Like, uh, Virgin Mary, life did not go the way that she thought it was going to. Yeah. Like sometimes we oftentimes think it's for like the worse, where it's like, I've had these dreams and plans and it didn't pan out, but here it is. Sometimes it's just like, it's like Mary, you weren't really expecting anything. And then boom, something comes in your lap. And like, now you're pregnant with the son of God or even yeah. like King David, you're out in the shepherd's field. You weren't planning anything. Like the dreams for your life were probably pretty low but the Lord comes, you're anointed, you're king, God has plans for your life. And like, sometimes even the things that like we dream are so far too small for what God actually has for our life. Or even Abraham and Sarah, God promises you a baby, you have to wait 10 years. You like it, things did not go according to plan, even yeah. according to what God had said. Um, even the life of Joseph, like, things didn't go according to plan there. So one. I think I think you can look at like even your story And it matches up with the story of scripture where even you look at Jesus, the story of Jesus, historically speaking, that's exactly how God knew it was going to turn out. But if you look at it from a human perspective, it's like, man, that's just a good guy that ended up dying and like life didn't go the way he thought. And I think you look at the cross and that perspective is how we think a lot of our stories pan out. It's like, we look, we think of like a human perspective, like, man, it's just a tragic ending to a good story. God is like, nope, this is exactly what I thought. This is exactly what I planned. And I'm actually going to use this and turn this for something good. Um, And I think like, that's the story of my life. And that's the story of a lot of our lives here today. Um, Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: It's uh, like, when I think about personality types, type A, you have type B, I'm not type A. I'm very bad organizationally. I don't like spreadsheets. I heard some of us are gifted in those areas. I know you're, you know, very administratively gifted, but I'm not. I'm not administratively gifted. And so I I'm very type B. But Mm -hmm. that, but like, I feel like people use, oh, I'm just type A, so like, that's my excuse for holding so tightly to like the things that I like, or I'm type B, so that's just kind of of an excuse not to have a plan or to not be organized. And what I think can sometimes happen is we we use personality types as an excuse um, to to do things our way. What happens is is we can often very quickly and easily lose sight. Of where God is pulling us. And I don't know. It's something that I've noticed. At least in my own life. Especially because my wife. She's type A. So she's very structured. She wants to have the next three months planned out. I'm like cool. Like what are we having for dinner tonight? I don't really care. Like let's. I'll roast some (laughs) potatoes and call it a day. Um, But my. Like my plan for my life. Was still radically changed. Like I had, I had conceptualized like the ideal life that Victor would live, um, and it didn't happen. And I yeah. think there's a tension here for us, and this is probably where a lot of spiritual warfare happens. This is probably where a lot of doubts come in, because we have this idealized picture of our life, and when it doesn't happen, I think that can cause us to to begin to question and to doubt, and that's that's sometimes purposeful. Right, like I think asking questions and even doubting can actually be the thing that causes us to grow closer to God. Yeah, and so, but sometimes, the, like that's the most difficult part of of life. A lot of times, yeah. when things we're assuming go one way, take a different direction, and we're just spiraling in questions and doubts. Um, I don't know. Have you yeah. uh, have you experienced that?
0: Yeah, I think there's two two levels to that, and I think I'm thinking out loud with this. One, I think you can look at Job, and I think a lot of my friends would mirror this, and I think I would mirror this at different points of life, but like when life doesn't go according to plan and it ends in suffering, like you didn't do anything, like it's just, it's not your fault that things fell off the rails. You didn't, you didn't idolize anything. You didn't hold tightly to any dreams. It's just like, it's a random death in the family. You get fired from your job, like. So your spouse ups and leaves and like without it's things like that, that it's like, you didn't cause this and now you're left to sit in suffering. And the questions that you have about God or like, why didn't you stop this? Where were you? I thought you were good. And like those questions are like, I think very different than the other type um, that we'll kind of go into in here a second. Um, but I think the what I'll say to that is like, to the person who's sitting and suffering when life wasn't supposed to be this way. Um, the Lord is still good. The Lord still sees and he is near to the brokenhearted and the Christian spirit. And there may not be an answer as to why. And that's okay. Um, that has to be okay for right now. Um, because like one thing that this is where like what the Bible says about God has to become very real that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, and he is just as gracious and just as good and just as kind to you right now as he has ever been. Um, we had a friend uh, who used this analogy at our high school retreat a couple weeks ago, but it's like when it's cloudy outside and you can't see the sun, feel the sun, we still intellectually know that the sun still rose that day. yeah, um, And we anticipate his rising tomorrow. So in the same way, just because you don't feel God understand what's going on or see him in this moment, doesn't mean he has changed. Doesn't mean he has moved or doesn't mean he has stopped being who he has always been to you. And because he's always been this to us, therefore we can anticipate there will be a day where the clouds will move. There will be a day where the clouds will part and you will feel and you will see and you experience the sun again. That doesn't mean that everything is okay and happy right now. It just means that he has not changed and he is near to the broken heart and the crushed spirit. I think that's one of like what happens when life, when like life doesn't go according to plan. And I don't think we can skip past that part. The second one is one that I would probably identify more with is what do you do when you craft dreams for your life? You craft plans for your life. You hold things to idolatry level, honestly, and it's that old analogy of you want to touch the hot stove and the Lord says no, but it's what you really want. But if you touched it, it would burn you and you take his kindness as his rebuke of who you are in your dreams and your plans. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, man, like I, I, I saw that for me in high school. Like I Mm -hmm. I wanted to go play division one college basketball. That was my dream for my life. That's all I did in high school. Um, and it was my senior year of college, and I had 30-something schools that I was looking at, and I was down to like my last three. It was a D1 school, um, a walk-on opportunity, and then a D2 school. And my plan, the whole plan for like the last four years of my life was, all right, I'm going to narrow this down. I'm going to go to this school. I'm going to sign over the next two weeks. and. I'm going to tell all of my friends who said that I would never play D1 and that I sucked at basketball that I was going D1 and I would rub it in their face and it would be amazing. Um, next two and a half weeks of my life, I lost out the division one, the walk on and the division two opportunity along with all the interest of the other schools. And I was only left. My only option by the end of those two and a half weeks was this little school called Wheaton College out in Chicago. And it forced me where I was like, well, I I guess I'll take, it wasn't even on my radar. I guess I'll go take a look at this. And I went on a visit and I was like, man, this is it. And looking back, I had such tunnel vision on basketball and that's what I wanted. And I wanted that affirmation and I wanted whatever that could provide me, even if it's just looking at my friends and saying, I told you so. Yeah, But the Lord saw the experiences that I would have at Wheaton. He saw the friends that I had at Wheaton. He saw the ways that Wheaton was going to grow me and like even push me towards North Carolina where we're at now. Like he sees the future. And so he says, hey, I know you want this right now, but I want this for you in the future. And you don't even know about this yet, dude. Yeah. And like his no was one of the kindest and most gracious and generous things that he has done for me in my entire life. And then that's been the case with relationships. That's been the case with jobs. That's been the case with friendships. Like that, that applies to almost every single area of my life that like the times that God says no ultimately end up being the best yeses of my life.
1: It's like the, we, we, we talk about this a lot um, that God doesn't withhold like any good thing. Um, And it's sometimes in the moment, we don't see the good thing, but it's like God is saying, hey, you don't even know what I have in store for you yet. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've I've been rereading The Screwtape Letters. Uh, It's a phenomenal book. If you have not read it, it's one of my highest recommended books. Um, by C.S. Lewis and, and the book is basically it's a conversation between this upper demon and this lesser demon and they're just having this conversation on how they can strategize to get the Christian to fail. So it's a f- fascinating perspective on like the enemy team trying to get Christians to mess up. And one of the things that that these two demons talk about in conversation is that they want the Christian, they want the believer to become complacent. They want the believer to become comfortable in routine. They want the believer Mm. to craft their ideal scenario and to get comfortable chasing it. And it's fascinating because when you understand that as the tactic of the enemy, when that is disrupted It's actually like God's hand of grace in your life, like keeping you from the complacency that we can fall into in comfort. Yeah, And it's like if the enemy wants us to be comfortable, if the enemy wants us to be complacent, to pursue the ideal like American dream life, then God like pulling that away from us is actually a massive act of mercy and grace. And we don't see it until we experience it later. It's almost like yeah. I'm I'm blind, y'all. If you watch the podcast videos, you know, like you could probably tell I'm blind, right? Those, and those I have to go to the eye doctor, <laughs> bro. Some some kid said <laughs> he was like, "This kid sees <laughs> an eight <8X." laughs> x." Bro, <laughs> those it's like kids. Kids are so it's mean,
0: Kids, kids are so mean.
1: But yeah. like every year or so, I have to go to the doctor and I have to get an updated prescription. And every time I get an updated prescription, my eyesight gets a little bit better. It gets a little crisper. gets a little sharper. And I wouldn't know that my eyes could get better. Like what I see out of my eyes is like what I assume the world looks like. But when I get a new prescription, it's marginally better. It's marginally sharper. It's marginally crisper. And it's the way that god reveals things to us it's like sometimes he just has to give us a new prescription mm-hmm. it might it might be like the adjustment period between prescriptions is tough you get migraines you have to you have to stay in bed you get dizzy it's hard but as you begin to adjust to the prescription you begin to see is like oh life is way better this way cuz yeah. i can see clearer and it's yeah. like man when god gives us a new prescription it's tough yeah. it can sometimes be so su- we can suffer through it. But it's like, as we, as we begin to embrace that new prescription, quote unquote, like we see life in a clearer, sharper way. And ultimately it causes us to look more like Jesus.
0: Yeah. I, I think even going off of that, I think sometimes we forget that we have a God who sees the end of our stories or at least sees like the next chapter. Yeah. We're only focused on this one sentence and I know in my life, like especially when those sentences are hard, it's like, where's God? What is he doing? Why is the world falling apart? But he sees the next four chapters and he sees how this one time is going to affect all of that. And I forget sometimes that the present that I'm living in is the future that I prayed for two or three years ago. And the present that I'm living in is the faithfulness of a God who I prayed to two or three years ago. That like the nose that he told me you know, all the way back in high school uh, is how I got to where I am today. And so like if he has been faithful this entire time through ups and downs and all these other things, why do I think when I'm in this valley now or when I don't see something now or when something was disappointing now, why do I not think that he will be faithful in the future? Mm-hmm. Because he he sees the end of our stories and this goes back to that infinite and intimate nature of God. We, we serve a God who sees everything, who is over everything, but he is intimately acquainted with every single detail of your life. He's not just yeah. like directing you like a GPS to get to the end of your story, but like he is with you along that journey. Yeah. Um, And honestly, man, like I think that should, this is, we say this a lot, that should cause us to worship. Like the most yeah. humbling experience that I think anyone can have is look back on the things that they prayed about five years ago. Like if, if you, if you really want to be like, man, I know what I'm doing today and all the dreams and the plans that I have for my life are going to pan out. Just look back at the things you prayed for five years ago. Yeah. And and like, I look back on it now and I'm like, thank God. Thank God that I didn't go play in the NBA. What would I be doing in the NBA? Like, yeah. Yeah. Bro, I don't even watch basketball anymore. What? What would you I do? You wouldn't be have doing? this
1: podcast, so I
0: wouldn't have this sanctified ish. Wouldn't even exist. <laughs> and God forbid sanctified ish not exist. Those those that's five so people true. in Finland, you know, <laughs> they would have nothing bro, to listen to.
1: Finland is killing it right now, actually. But um, it's, that's it's so true. It's
0: real though. It's real. Yeah. It's just like I. The best, the times when God says yes to me are the times when my plans and dreams and hearts are aligned with his God forbid he ever say yes to a plan and a dream that isn't aligned with what he wants for me. And the good news is he never will. So yeah. like his nose are actually his faithfulness to you and his faithfulness to what's best for you and your life and his plan for you, because his plan is better. And we just don't believe that.
1: Yeah, I think like a good litmus test here is: does do God's no's cause us to worship in the same way that His yeses do? Um, I think of like Job as a as like a humbling example. We talk about Job so much, but Job is like amazing. He's going through suffering; everything has been stripped away, and he falls on his face and worships. And it's like, man. I struggle worshiping when God says no, but knowing that it is for my good that he says no should cause Mm -hmm. me to worship.
0: So can I, I think I worship, this is me personally, I think I worship more when God says no than when he says yes. Hmm. That's probably just Reagan But you and I talked about this recently. Like in in my own life, like God has answered some really cool prayers recently. Yeah. And I got the answer to the prayer and I just kept moving on. But it's Mm -hmm. like, I can look back in the past of my life when he has said no. And those have actually been the deepest times of like intimacy with God, longing, questioning, pursuing, sitting, worshiping, praying. Like when if I'm the Sahara desert in those seasons, my desire for water is really really high. But when I'm just like you know, what's what's that uh, passage in Hosea? It's like they were they were fed, they were filled up, therefore they forgot him.
1: Therefore they forgot him. Yeah.
0: And it's like the filling leads to forgetting. And yeah. I actually think that like if worship of God is the goal, sometimes no is the best thing that he can do for you.
1: And that's why God says no a lot of the times right to like cause us to fall deeper in love with him, even though it may be really difficult. This might be a really good podcast episode idea later, but like the idea of self-awareness, because you know yourself well enough to be able to say that about yourself. And I know myself well enough to be like, man, I'm actually the flip. It's yeah. really easy for me to, like, give glory and thanks and worship to God when things, like, when he is, like, very present. But it's actually really hard for me when he's not. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, we have to be self-aware enough to know ourselves, to know our temptations, to know our struggles, to even be able to to know that. And so for the believer that isn't there and doesn't know themselves well enough to be able to, like, pinpoint these things, it makes it really difficult. Yeah. It makes it really hard. Um, that yeah. might be a really good podcast episode idea for next time because we're at 32 minutes and 38 seconds, which is to date the longest episode of the year so far. So look at us. Go you. <laughs> if you guys we want didn't. more sanctified ish, <laughs> you can follow us on social media at Reagan Jones 97 and at rotsiv 157. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, take care. And God bless. If you're watching the video podcast, my dog has been freaking out over here. His dogs are
0: barking.